So hello, everybody. Welcome back to Return of Ritual Season 2. If you guys have been listening to Season 1, I'm so excited about the lineup that we have in Season 2, um, particularly the guests today, which we'll get into. Um, but, you know, the whole point around Return of Ritual has been to talk to these experts across the world, across multiple traditions, about the importance of ritual and ceremony. And I think that this couldn't be more timely based on the current state of the world, um, the, the turmoil and the challenges that we're facing as a society, and how ritual and ceremony can really anchor us um, and provide us with, whether that's guidance or tools or just a sense of, you know, um, security or safety as we embark on these unprecedented times. So today, um, I would like to welcome to the show the lovely Anaya Sophia. Welcome, Anaya. Thank you so much. Very lovely to be here. It is so amazing how I came across Anaya. I will give a little bit of a backstory. And um, for those of you who are new that are tuning in, I am Amber Winston, the host of the show. Um, I discovered Anaya two different ways. One of my dear soul sisters, was reading one of Anaya's books and she was reading Womb Wisdom. And at that time, she was like really inspired by this book. So every time we'd get together for coffee or tea, she would be like, Amber, I'm reading this book and we need to talk about our wombs and we need to talk about the wisdom in our wombs and we need to talk about healing our wombs. And I was so inspired and motivated to have those conversations with my dear friend. And then that kind of set me down this rabbit hole of like, this woman like she sounds incredible separately i had another dear friend actually interview anaya on her show which was awakening to the magic of the menstrual cycle which for me struck a chord because that's been something i've been working on healing for a very long time so long story short that was my first introduction to anaya i immediately scheduled a call with her for a soul oracle reading that's a whole separate conversation but she she's truly magnificent and i'm so honored to have her so i would like to just read uh her bio for you guys so that you guys have um, a little bit of an understanding of who she is and what she's all about so anaya sophia is a mystic she's a storyteller and author of revelatory wisdom she teaches workshops throughout the world and is best known for the creation of sacred body awakening Known for showing up as a trailblazing resource of unapologetic truth and transparent courage, her heart is both fierce and tender. She carries an oral message that stirs the remembrance of a continuous lineage with the feminine principle that throughout the centuries has preserved its spiritual dignity without the need for permission or recognition from any other source. She has many books. A couple of them include Open Your Heart with Kundalini Yoga, Mini Size Me, Pilgrimage of Love, the Womb Wisdom book that I uh, mentioned earlier, Sacred Sexual Union, The Rose Night Part One, Sophia's Story, Sacred Relationships, the list keeps going, uh, Fierce Feminine Rising, The Grail King Part Two, logo story. So as you can tell, she's got a lot of really great content out there. I encourage you to check out her books, particularly the womb wisdom one that I really resonated with. Anaya lives in the Cathar region of southern France with her beloved husband, Pete Wilson. 
Together they ran a B&B at the base of Montsegur, where individuals, families, and large groups come and stay. Sounds really enticing. Um, Anaya is able to also conduct baptism, marriage, divorce, and death ceremonies, as there is a chapel and a spring there on the site. Amazing. <laughs> so welcome, Anaya, to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It is, uh, I feel so excited. Oh, good. I feel good. something rather fabulous is going to happen. <laughs> I love that feeling. Um, <laughs> so the first question that I love to ask guests is, what is your zodiac sign? Just a fun icebreaker. Capricorn. Capricorn. <laughs> that probably explains why there's so many books and so many things. Because, uh, yeah, working... And producing is really important to me. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe a little bit too important. <laughs> well, we need, we need the, the, the producers, right? We, we want that wisdom to come forth. So we, we celebrate that. Um, that's wonderful. I love those little icebreakers. So the next question is, um, how has ritual and ceremony for you played kind of an integral or an important role in your own evolution or your own spiritual healing journey? How has that kind of been a part of your journey? Wow, it, it, it is the big main altar. <laughs> it is the epicenter. It came to me when I was a young lady and I'd never known anything like it. It was a gateway. It instantly opened me to what I call the other world, the invisible world. Ah, oh, my gosh. And I guess to the storyteller in me, to the performer in me, this was home. I found my way home. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's extremely important. And yeah, it's, it's the altarpiece. It's the, it's the center of my inner and outer life ritual and ceremony is yes so what yeah. does that mean what does that mean to somebody like describe that you know imagining i'm imagining an altar at the centerpiece very tangible but i yes. can also imagine that being a little bit more figurative for some yes. so for me it gives me permission to enact my prayer to dance my expression to move my longing. I'm, I'm a real body person. So ritual and ceremony, uh, it always requires a body <laughs> to enact, to perform, to, to uh, be a constellation of. Um, so that is why it, it appeals so much. And of course, as soon as you get the body involved, that mind of ours, that's hooked and addicted to the thinking process switches off <laughs> and uh, and that and then the other side of the mind the other side of the brain the feminine brain awakens and stirs and uh, the other world opens up mm, yeah that's amazing did you do you feel like you've had kind of a significant event in your life that you remember like wow you know i i was praying for something and then i turned it into this ritual and ceremony and that was like the moment that i had this divine feminine come online and my my life changed tra trajectory 
or was this kind of a slow build? Like, tell us a little bit about you. There was a definitive moment. There was one time where I was having a little bit of a crisis. I was um, crying horrendously. I was deeply, deeply hurt, deeply shocked, deeply traumatized by something. And my dear friend, her name Oshun de Belay, she was a Gnostic, she is, and at that time was a Gnostic priestess. And she could see that my, my shock and my trauma was starting to go into dangerous territory. So she commanded that I lie down and she performed a Gnostic mass over me. <laughs> I'd never heard anything like it. Her words were like diamonds, uh, cutting and, and clear. And all her words fell over me and mm. settled immediately. All of these little influences and sort of like critters that were trying to, to come in and mm. um, cloak over me. I'd never known anything like it. It wasn't prayer. It wasn't poetry. It was, it was like words of power. Wow. And that was the big moment. That was the big moment. And, and when I could, after a while, finally say something, I just said, oh, Shun, what did you do? As she said, I performed a mass over you. <laughs> I think it was like a mass of Sophia, a Mary mass. Yeah. And I, and I was like, it, inwardly, I didn't say it to her, but it was like, I got to know how to do that. <laughs> right. Yes. So that was, that was the moment that you knew. And I love that, that you see words, words of power, you know, performing this mass with words of power and conviction. Yes. Um, when we had worked together, you sent me a transmission after our yes. soul oracle session. So would yeah. you say that a transmission is something similar where you are articulating words of power for a particular benefit or reason? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because when Oshun used her voice in that way, I then realized that voices can do so much more than just converse. And um, yeah, it can just do so much more than converse. There is so many other attributes and avenues and, and ways we could use the, the voice to stir, to arouse, to catalyze, to set things in motion. So that was another little side shoot of that moment. Mm. I think that that is extremely powerful for particularly now that more people put more awareness to their voice and what they're saying. And I've certainly done that practice in my own life, just being just a little bit more aware of how I describe situations, how, like what energy I'm calling in with the words that I'm using. And it's funny because my husband will, you know, charge around the house and he'll stub his toe or something. And it's like you know, explicitives and curse words and, you know, this response that is very negative. And it's now it, it's unsettling for me because I've really paid a lot of time to making sure that what I'm saying is of the highest kind yeah. of vibration. And, and so it's funny. So I'm always like, Luke, knock it off with those curse words. Sure. We all curse. I know I do. My, I do as well, but 
I think once you pay a little bit more attention to the voice and know what you're saying and the meaning and the energy behind it, um, it's, it's a really great practice to become more aware. And then on the other side of that, which I think what you're alluding to, that this is a gateway, the voice um, is not only there to converse with people, but it's there to, you know, sometimes when we write our wishes, you know, or our intentions, it's really nice to actually say them out loud. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Yes, exactly. In the ancient Egyptian understanding, the, you know, once you'd really gone in and settled and just absolutely come into your sovereign beingness, that your words, they call it uttering. So an utterance is also, is, is almost a command of action. That's how, that's how fine-tuned they were with their spoken word. Mm. That it was almost an instant manifestation. And that's why their spellcraft and their alchemy is second to none because they knew about the power of the voice and the power of the command, the utterance. Mm, it's powerful. I feel like there's so much we could dive into with the voice. Where I'm feeling I'd like to discuss more about the voice is actually what you said earlier, the feminine voice. Mm. And I can just say for myself, it's been a lot of work and attention about harmonizing my masculine feminine energies and kind of allowing my feminine side to rise up and come online and be expressed. And so maybe you can just speak a little bit about your, your experience with the feminine rising and the feminine voice and maybe how it's been taken underground a little bit or demonized. And now we're feeling this upwelling of the feminine. Yes. Well, to me, the feminine voice has two aspects. There is the part that is able to maintain consciousness as you go down into the deep, maybe down into the womb even. And whilst just about maintaining that ability to still be able to speak, you can literally put word to the deepest, most unfathomable occurrences and and expressions and deep feeling that you can only just pluck one word to describe so to me that's like you're able to bring the inside to the outside and that is massive you could say the voice of the womb or the voice of the abyss your voice of the mystery And then there's the other part, which we're starting to see now, which is absolutely wonderful and so necessary, is uh, bringing truth to power. Mm. So bringing truth to maybe authority, being able to maintain an emotional stability and bring through the, the truth and the velocity that may need to go with that truth. Uh, and you know it's all happening and to me that's again another feminine aspect of the voice because that part of the voice was very much um, made meek and pleasing and polite 
So, and uh, I can see ladies just busting through that left, right and center at the moment and allowing the feminine, which is emotional, but it's not hysterical. And that's what I mean by the emotional stability. You're, you're allowing the emotional current to be heard and felt. But uh, the masculine part has a very beautiful and loose sort of grip to channel that through and come through directly to those that need to hear exactly how the people feel. Mm. That strikes kind of a, a personal chord with me um, because I'm a Scorpio rising. Mm -hmm. And I've had people very dear to me, very close in my life, kind of describe that as my Scorpio sting. So when I can articulate something that comes from a deeper place with emotion, with velocity, that can also become very jarring to other people. And so for a lot of my life, I've felt like I've always been trying to um, be polite or, or soften the message and, you know, kind of dance around what you really am trying to say um, so that it's pleasing for the one that needs to hear it. And over the last couple of years, I've recognized that, yes, there's always room for improvement in delivering a message with loving tenderness. But at times, there's going to be that velocity that's going to come behind it. And usually it's coming from a loving place, but it's addressing something very tender. Yes, yes, yes. And I feel like the more women who can hear this message and know that um, what you feel and what you feel deep down with that emotion that you're sensing, especially now, because I feel like a lot of us who are sensing the shifts and the changes, mm -hmm. um, you're gonna maybe have that heightened sense of urgency or sensation. And I would encourage you to do your best to just articulate it. You know, Absolutely. No more being quiet and-, and Absolutely. I think we're really seeing now um what the silence has cost us and this to me is definitely the time of the great the great awakening of truth and expression yeah so yes ladies <laughs> put voice to that which we know we know we know we know <laughs> We can see our little red flags waving left, right, and center. We know we know. Yeah. We know we know. I mean, that is so powerful. I feel like repeating that over and over to yourself is part of the healing. Yes. Um, because I would imagine few of us have felt like that has been stripped or you've lost touch or you've lost sight with your intuition or you're yeah. questioning yourself, you know? Yeah. And so I think Anaya said it so simply and so beautifully, you know, you know, you know. And really em embodying that and remembering that, um, I feel like that really resonates with me. And so that's definitely something I want everybody on this, um, listening to this episode to really think about is, you know, we know. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I would love to dive in a little bit deeper because I am just thinking about your beautiful home in France and like your day-to-day. -day. 
um, I would love to know kind of what your ideal morning or your ideal evening ritual looks like. Yes, my morning ritual is hopefully Petey is there with me because it's just so lovely to do it together. We make a little quiet space, we light a candle, we burn some oil, we sit opposite one another, and we may pull a card. We have, so we have um, the Hebrew letters of the alphabet, and I call them the truth tellers. These are not new age cards. <laughs> These are not goddess cards. They are very clear and direct. You know, you need to be aware of this. You're letting this happen. Um, so we sit with that, we pull a card, we sit with that. Um, then we do some beautiful prayer, like heart prayer, straight to it. For me, it's always Holy Spirit. To Petey, it's like, uh, you know, the spirit of the natural world, which is the same to me. Um, and then we just go into some stretching together with breath. And then he'll often go off and make coffee because I'm a naughty yogi. And whilst he's making coffee, I'm playing some very emotive music that brings me in contact with my longing, with my yearning. And so I'm just, you know, doing all of this business. And to me, that is a nice, well-rounded, ceremonial way of greeting the day. Breath, prayer, contemplation, movement, stretch. And free move and, and free dance. And music. And coffee. And coffee. And coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I love coffee. Over here, it's the same thing. My, you know, my husband and I have made a passion of it. We, we ritualize the process of drinking coffee to the yes. point where we have the gooseneck kettle and we set the temperature and we grind the beans. And, you know, it's, it's been ritualized because yes. we want to make it sacred. Yes. Um, I am so inspired by your morning uh, rituals and how beautiful you can share that with a partner. And so yeah. I think that's also a beautiful invitation for the listeners is this can become a family affair. You know, if you have kids that you want to involve or partners or pets, you know, yeah. uh, bring everybody along for the ride. It just creates the oh, it, absolutely. It makes it more fun, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the three animals are totally involved. The two doggies are catching the morning sun, you know, kitties on his back, legs, legs in the air. It, it is a family thing because the energy is just so beautiful. Yeah. And when Pete prays or when our partner prays, it's like you're being given this lovely little gift to eavesdrop in on what is so precious and delicate for them. And that's, oh, blimey, you don't get better than that. That's just amazing. And, and that sort of like makes the bond for the day. And, you know, especially if he's been extra vulnerable. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm surfing right there with him. I'm on that wave. Whoa. Yeah. It's amazing. How yeah. intimate. Yes, yeah. Mm. I do like good prayer. Now, yeah, so now I want to talk about prayer because when we met for the Soul Oracle reading, mm. um, you know, just a quick little, we, we met over Zoom for about an hour, and I think within the first like five to ten minutes, Anaya had me pinpointed and was articulating these divine truths to me that had me in tears, and, and I mean that in the best way possible. 
um, I share that because those of you who are close to me know that, you know, it takes a little bit for me to cry, right? So if I'm immediately emoting, there's definitely some truth being spoken. Um, and at the end of the call, you know, I was a little bit like, you know, what do I do? I I'm scared. You know, that was the emotion behind it. I, I, she goes, and I, you say to me, you say, do you pray? And I said, no. Uh, and that then had, I had this awakening around, I had abandoned the idea of the church and religion and, and you made it very clear to me that that makes sense, you know, over time that people have kind of turned their back on the church, but you said, don't ever turn your back on the Holy Spirit. Mm. And that like gave me full body chills because I recognized that I, through prayer and through connecting to the Holy Spirit or whatever feels right for you, whatever word feels right for you, that's where I could pull deepest comfort mm -hmm. and support for these challenges or what I'm about to embark on. Wow. And that was so pivotal for me. And I feel it's so important to be shared on this call, the importance of prayer. And I remember you saying, Amber, like get down on your knees and pray kind of style, like by the bed, you know, like imagining myself as a little girl, like praying. Yes, and yes. I did that entire week. And now mm -hmm. I've made it more of my daily ritual and routine is to, to pray for these things. Wow, Amber. Yeah, so I, I share that because I really would love for you to kind of bring that message home, like help anybody who's struggling or anybody who knows that they have to make a change and that intensity is heightening. How can we use prayer in the ways that you've just mentioned? Oh, yes. Well, I just want to let people know that the Holy Spirit has been around a lot longer than any kind of church. It's... um. It could easily be a force of nature. Um, where I live in France, um, throughout Europe, there's this so many tales of a glowing, what looks like a female form that's often seen near springs, um, just bringing this sort of Benedictine, forgiving, cloth cloth sharing you know beautiful comforting graceful blessing yeah. uh, this has been going on probably since the written word first was was discovered so to to imagine that the holy spirit is a church thing it's not the church said oh it'd be a good idea if we include the holy spirit because after all the people are very attuned to this presence throughout the world so but then when you do look at it through the eyes of the church through the eyes of jesus christ he actually describes the holy spirit as something he is leaving behind not that it's anything to do with him but just to say i'm off but the Holy Spirit is still with you. And that is the source of all comfort, all blessings, and all grace. And I have found that to be 100% true. Even sometimes I too can get into such a funk, such a muddle, such a, such a place of chaos in my mind that I actually can't pray. 
but I can just simply imagine the words Holy Spirit written across my heart. And I have to do that three, four, five times at the max. Just the words Holy Spirit in gold across my heart. Mm. And immediately the heart opens. Ooh, I can feel again. You know, love is present. So I would say to, to all of those listening, that's definitely worth remembering. Those just those two words, Holy Spirit. Mm. That is has always been enough for me to get my heart feeling and soft again. Now, what about people who have a reaction? You know, talking about vocabulary and words, I think hot topics would include which. Yes. Or demon, um, God for some, certain words elicit reactions. So for somebody who doesn't quite grasp Holy Spirit, yes, can we, can we define it a little bit more? Like, what does that actually mean? Are the, is that associated with the church and therefore people are going to be dismissive? Or help us understand the feeling of the Holy Spirit more. Well, for me, it really is that sort of blanket. It really is the feeling of a golden arm going around your shoulder. Comfort, it, it really is the healing balm of a comforting grace. Uh, it's soft, it's sweet, it's warm, it's kind, it's caring, it's nurturing. Um, it reminds me that I am a little offspring of something. <laughs> it's like me meeting, you know, my divine or invisible parent. It's clean, it's honest, it's straight, um, it's good. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel it all. You know, even if you don't want to say the words Holy Spirit, maybe just a simple prayer. I pray for comfort. Please, could something comfort me now? And I, I feel that even the word comfort is going to set something in motion. I, I just love that word, comfort. It's it, a brilliant it, word. It's so warm. It makes me feel, totally. makes me feel good. Yeah. I love the that simple prayer too. You know, I pray for comfort. Please, can something comfort me? Yeah, gorgeous. Invitation. Yeah. So when people are feeling, particularly now, um, mm. with the state of events uh, in the world, for me particularly, I felt a strong sense of urgency, kind of upwelling. Um, particularly around my environment, meaning the need, and I don't know where these feelings come from or where these thoughts creep into my mind, but I feel like people could probably relate. Uh, the need to be out, to be away from big cities, to be out in the woods, in the forests, to have access to water. Um, so arguably something more of rural lifestyle Yes. Um, 
but it's coming with like a deep sense of urgency. So like we talked about in the beginning where, you know, the feminine can go down into the voice of the mystery and bring up like one little word to describe what's going on. I think that really articulated the, the sense that I have been feeling personally. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to know from where you are in the world and what's going on in your life and your networks and um, A, is there a similar feeling amongst the people? And B, what are we doing about it? <laughs> well, PD and I are feeling this massively. We already live a very rural life. We're in the French Pyrenees in a little mountain village but our garden was tiny. This new place that we have has much more land and we are going to create a permaculture garden and we're gonna have animals. And my parents are here now and they're not going back to the UK, they're here for keeps. Yay! (laughs) You know, my little family life has shifted massively but it's, it's the direction I want it to go. I really feel come November, I, I'm going to be sparsely online. My website will be up and running, but social media, take a hike. I'm going I'm to start preparing the soil. I'm learning about soil health. I'm learning about, you know, all these no-dig garden. So not breaking the, the earth's, uh, the soil but to just actually start building it up, feeding it, feeding the soil. And yeah, that's all I want to do. I, I want, you know, if, if I, if we're able to make food for us and me, mum and dad, that's wonderful. But it's more than that. It's about, I've been entrusted with this little bit of land. Therefore I'm going to feed it. I'm going to feed it like I feed my doggies, like I feed Petey. And that is how I want to spend my time during 2020 and 2021 as everything that is happening is happening. Mm. I don't want to go to London and protest because I don't want to get on a plane. So my reality is I live in the mountains of the French Pyrenees. There's no protests here at the moment. So what can I do? I can turn to the soil and make this little patch as healthy and as strong as possible. Mm. So I always say, look at what's actually happening on your path. You know, look at your day-to-day and show up for that day-to-day local environment. If you're in LA, yay, protest. But if you're in a little, little countryside town, what can you do for that patch of land you happen to find yourself on? And I really do, I keep saying it's all hands on deck. Maybe that deck is the soil, is, is the earth. So yeah, that's, that's, how, um, that's how it's inspiring us, this, this phase of life. I'm so happy to hear that your parents are with you too. It's so important. Oh gosh, that was a close call. Yeah, because borders have been they actually did it. My dad's nearly 80. They got on a plane, for God's sake. They did it. They've been here a month, so that little scary two-week period has passed. Everybody's okay. 
but of course there's many who aren't mm. and that touches me deeply yeah but to take that massive leap of faith he left their house in england they left their car they left their caravan and they just said we are coming amazing amazing i mean if that's not inspiring i don't know what is you know yeah. to be almost 80 and to make a massive life change like that absolutely and my dad is one of those delicate guys you know he doesn't have much of a, an immune system mm. so you know should he get it he will most likely be taken mm. but so far and he and, and he's taken all these leaps of faith amazing we had, you know the good news today that their house in england has sold first by first uh, viewers came along made an offer yes accepted it's off the market oh, God. so there's there's some grace you know that, yeah. that holy spirit i was mentioning <laughs> she's got her hands on the wheel <laughs> definitely i love that analogy too i think that was in one of your transmissions you know we all feel like we're at the steering wheel of our own life and we're driving down the road and we're making decisions left and right but really it what i found so comforting in that visual for me was like actually amber you're not really the one so if you just like soften your grip a little bit relax and breathe, then you know the holy spirit that loving embrace of kind of like your invisible parents you described mm. you know mom and dad can come and take yeah. the steering wheel and yeah. kind of guide you and that's what these examples that you've just shared with us are you know the grace that the house is sold and it just you know things yes. start yes yes, um, yes i think that that is the biggest point i think for me in in this so far has been trusting that mm. Yeah, you know, remembering that and that you are supported and that if you take that first leap of faith and you, you know, like your parents did, okay, we're going to move to France and we're almost 80, like, whoa, like as soon as you commit to it and then as soon as you start to articulate it out loud with your voice yes. um, and then, you know, eventually make those actions kind of happen, it's amazing to see all of the other pieces fall into place. Yeah. That is exactly what we've experienced. Mm. Mm. So inspiring. I, I love it. Um, so the last couple of questions that I have would be, um, if you could just talk a little bit about your soul oracle readings. Uh, I found that to be so helpful for me. And so if there's anybody that's listening that you know, is interested in connecting further with Anaya, she can first to tell us, you know, how we can get in touch with you, but I'd love for you to just describe what the Soul Oracle reading is, because I just absolutely loved it. Well, there's that word again, trust. So, I mean, I am very visually accrued. I get a lot of information by the look of the person, and then I just have to trust without editing what my imagination or my inner world is saying about this person. Who does this person remind me of? When they move in that way, when they speak in that way, when, you know, because I hear it all, you know, the, the voice is revealing everything. And then trust 
that I can say it. <laughs> Just trust that I don't know this person. We haven't, we haven't made the bond, but to speak openly, to speak easily, do not edit, do not tweak the message at all. Just say it. And there we go again with the voice. Don't mess your words, don't mix your words. Say it precisely as you hear it. So <laughs> it's no more mystical than that. It, it's a powerful experience. I have to just say, um, I thoroughly enjoyed our session and I feel like it is, has been part of my path in my trajectory. And, and it was also very comforting, again, of affirming what I already know. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, so that is, is also really amazing that if anybody is kind of searching for, or if they have these feelings of, I, I know this, or I feel this, yeah. or yeah. To, to, to get a little affirmation is often kind of helpful for some. Yes. Um, so I'd, you know, I'd love to be able to pass on how people can get into touch with you. So if there's um, a specific way you'd like to share. Yes, just if you go to the website, aniasophia.com, and then look down at a drop-down menu for personal sessions. I do believe immensely that uh, a lot of people say, you know, they feel very frustrated because they feel they need, no, no, not need, they are to be doing something at this time. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, there is something that has been saved for this moment. It's like a little jigsaw puzzle. You've got 99 out of 100 pieces. There is the 100th piece that is for this moment because this is a historical shift from one age to another. And we do have a piece of the puzzle to play. And I like to think <laughs> that I will help you find that piece. I will just uh, find those right words that turn the torchlight on inside of yourself and you go, ah, I found it. And then of course, the gumption to follow up mm. with some action steps. Yeah. And I do feel it's simple. It's not complex. It's not complicated. It's very simple. The moment you hit it, you know it. That's it. That's my piece. That's my piece that I bring to this mm -hmm. table. Hmm. And how blessed we all are to have people like you to, you know, shine that light back and, um, you know, see things that might not be seen for the person, you know, to to kind of present that back to people. I think it's so helpful for, for this time to, to have people like you to you know, connect with. Um, and like you said, you know, really just affirm what you already know. Totally. And, I, and I believe all that's happening is I am noticing what you are already emanating. <laughs> so all, all, you've got, all you've got to do is just say it. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? I'm getting all the visual cues and I'm yeah. like, oh, you are that. <laughs> um, yeah. It's because you know, we're so used to our own appearance. Mm -hmm. We see it every day in the mirror. 
but when I come along, I don't know you, and I go, yeah, but da 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 da. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's amazing. It was. It's such. A, I'm so inspired by these sessions. I'm like going to be booking another one because it has been so pivotal for me, kind of on my journey. And I'm bringing everybody along with me on my journey, so you guys will definitely be hearing more about that. But um, Anaya has definitely been a big part of that, and so I just wanted to thank you so very much. Um, and to my my two girlfriends that introduced me to Anaya through kind of the the web of life, you know, thank you both as well. It's been an absolute gift. Um, and now everybody gets to hear about her, so I'm happy to be able to pass that forward. Um, I'd like to just wrap up by you know any. Anything else that you feel like needs to come through? Any kind of final thoughts, um, messages that you'd like to share, archetypes that are present? Um, anything just to kind of round out our conversation today? Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure we all know this. We all sense it. We all intuit it. Um, but if we look at the astrology for 2020, the whole year <clears throat> is going to just keep on amping up. And I want to remind us that us humans, we've been through this five times before. Um, there's been many a time where there's been a certain age, for instance, the uh, Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. We recognize from our history books, things fall, empires fall. And then out of that falling comes a, a brand new, glorious new way of life until it sort of gets distorted and then it falls again. So there, it's a cycle. Mm. I want to say that this is a cycle and it will have an end, but, you know, buckle down and uh, get equipped for the rest of this year to come to pass. And going back to the beginning of our conversation ritual, Ritual usually includes the elements. Where do we find the elements? We find them in nature. So should it all get a little bit too much, find your sacred place. Find your way to those elements. And yeah, return to ritual, return to ceremony. Enact what you're fearing. Enact what you're feeling overwhelmed by and I assure you when you bring in the other world there will be relief there will be comfort oh well said <laughs> a little bit inspired there <laughs> perfect way to wrap up this episode it was amazing <laughs> um Gosh, thank you. I, I really don't think that we can say anything else because that was so poetic and so striking and so accurate. And um, I wish everybody well who's listening to this, um, you know, to, to navigate through the rest of this, this year. And Anaya and myself are here. So if you want to ever get in touch with us, you can. Mm -hmm. um, just so wonderful to speak with you, Anaya. Thank you so, so very much. Thank you, Amber. Thank you.